Money FM 89.3. Best of breakfast. The bigger picture, only on Money FM 89.3. Hi, I'm Willie King, and this is The Bigger Picture. Nintendo said it plans to develop a live-action film of The Legend of Zelda, one of its most popular characters. Nintendo has likely been bowed by the success of the Super Mario Bros. movie, which has generated more than a billion dollars at the box office since April release. So far, the top gaming giant has, is turning its own games into movies as part of a wider trend of many companies going into what I call nostalgia marketing, that is, using comic book movies and re hashing some of the old movies and turning it into the modern movies which we are seeing now. So joining us on the line as we unpack this trend is Carl Roda, Senior Financial Market Analyst at Capital.com. How are you, Carl? Thank you so much for having me, especially about this topic. It's going to be fascinating. Yeah, I think this is something which is really interesting because I'm a big fan of some of these gaming characters. So let's get started here. I mean, businesses and brands, you know, these days they are using their products, their, their own products, their memories from the past to reach to today's young consumers, especially the Z- Gen Z. I mean, if you see how Nintendo is capitalizing on some of its characters and turning them into movies. Why do you think nostalgia marketing here is a big trend? Well, I think there's a few things here, and obviously it goes back to the fact that, you know, we're talking about a lot of the film industry here and some of the economics of the film industry. I think from the, just a the purely business perspective, there's, there's probably two things. One, it's a major cost saver because you've basically got a concept and a script already written for you, which takes out a lot of labor and a lot of time in the process. And it's also a much less, less risky way of trying to launch and advertise a film because, of course, you know, when I go and watch a, a brand new film, perhaps at the sort of art house cinema down the road, I don't know necessarily what I'm in for. But when it comes to a brand that I know and love, immediately it has that marketing value and it's a very, very easy sell to, to audiences. They don't mm. have to take as much risk. There's the other element too, which is perhaps the more cinema and film element of things, which cynically you could suggest that maybe some of these studios and, and are running out of ideas a little bit and, and that there's you know perhaps less marketable things and creative uh, concepts to go to, to audiences with. But I think overall that the essence of nostalgia marketing is really sort of trying to tap in, tapping into those precious memories people have with certain brands and characters. And especially in the United States where this is really booming, it's kind of giving people reason for optimism in what is, generally speaking, a very pessimistic time. So there's the economics of things. It's a, it's a viable business model, but it's also tapping into something very deep, I think, within our culture at the moment. Yeah, I mean, if you are talking about how the environment is right now, you know, pessimism is one key word here. But at the same time, you know, tapping on the memories of past cartoons and assets and games, do you think this phenomenon, you know, is here to stay? I think so, because, I mean, if you look at sort of the growth of mass media over the last sort of 40 or 50 years, I mean, you could say that the golden age of cinema, perhaps at least in Hollywood, between, was between the 50s and 70s. And then on, off, off the back of that, too, we also had the sort of boom in the sort of 80s and 90s of children's cinema. And if you look at the demographic shift that we've seen now, the people who are sort of coming of age in the 50s, 60s and 70s, and now they're sort of boomers and older, and they're, they're sort of tapping into sort of, you know, rehashes of Indiana Jones and uh, these other types of movies. And then you talk about people who are in my demographic who grew up with movies say like The Lion King or Toy Story um, or perhaps in this instance Zelda and things of that nature is that they're now you know in their 30s and 40s and wanting to sort of relive these memories and then also share them to the younger generation and, and share that special part of themselves as well so it's a very powerful and emotional tool for studios and, and brands to be able to tap into and again especially in a time of generally people feeling a little bit insecure and 
of course, you know, these businesses wanted to find an easy way to, to make money in a, in a difficult um, and competitive environment. Yeah, I mean, speaking of making money, for example, the most recent Barbie movie has taken in over $1.4 billion at the box office and is expected to boost Mattel's revenues this year by at least $125 million. What are some of the ways, you know, some of these business models, you know, how do they, do they actually make money other than, you know, looking at the box office here? Well, there's these integrated communication channels, effectively, that businesses are able to tap into. One, you know, some fairly old-fashioned things, you know, we probably all remember going into um, toy stores or fast food restaurants or whatever it happens to be and running into the toys of the favourite movies that we were watching at the time, and, and that's a sort of tried-and-true method. But, you know, now we've got all these other media touch points in which you can engage, and engage in quite a dynamic fashion with some of these characters and brands. So there's video games, there's also, you know, your TikTok, your Instagram, your social media, and it can become a full and immersive experience. So, I mean, from a, again, business perspective, you've got these ideas that, again, immediately saleable can be uh, executed quite quite efficiently. And all of a sudden, they're quite scalable because you have all these other touch points that you can kind of engage with your audience in. So it's this kind of being able to sort of touch your consumer's pockets at sort of five or six different touch points that you know makes these business models effectively so, so appealing and so lucrative. Following up on that, I mean, you and I know, Carl, I mean, talking about how this higher for longer environment is, you know, talk, people talking about peak rates here and also a potential recession come 2024. Do you think this nostalgia trend will have an impact given how interest rates are actually going at this moment? Well, I suppose at the margins, it might mean from a you know, brutal um, economic perspective that, you know, you might get fewer projects off the ground just because the cost of capital is higher. However, I mean, and this goes back to a, a little trip that I did through Hollywood myself, um, you know, as a tourist about 10 years ago, you know, the discussion at the time even then was talking about, again, that risk aversion from studios. And the context of that conversation was why superhero movies were being, you know, sort of churned out so prolifically. And it goes back to that point once more that they are fairly safe investors investments to make fairly safe brands to try to exploit to actually make a, a profitable movie and a commercially viable movie. So if you look at it from that, that perspective, maybe even higher interest rates where people are less inclined to take risks with sort of daring projects, at least in Hollywood, especially when they're also having to compete with, you know, streaming platforms too, are churning out a lot of original content, that this is kind of their competitive advantage to, to, to sort of create a viable product and, and one that's going to be sort of, again, um, safe and commercially fruitful. Uh, for, for a lot of these sort of major studios who, again, uh, are looking for a reasonably safe bet. Before we let you go, Carl, I mean, I just want to have one more follow-up question with you. What's your favourite character, you know, some of these memories when you were a kid? I was, wasn't was a huge gamer myself, but uh, I have to shout out to my consultant on this conversation if I am so <laughs> shameless, to, to, to Bella, who is an absolute Zelda fiend and told me that I had to mention the fact that this is going to be a huge experience for all the Zelda fans out there. So in sympathy of her and all the advice that I got uh, from, from this one, definitely Zelda has to be up there in, in the spirit of the new movie, but I was also very big on my Pokemon and Dragon Ball Z <laughs> and, and even Power Rangers as well. So I've got, I have to throw that in there um, yeah it, it's uh, it's a big deal as I, as I understand it in the Zelda fandom yeah I mean Power Rangers were a big thing for me as well we have been speaking <laughs> with Carl Roder Senior Financial Market Analyst at Capital.com thank you so much for your insights Carl on Nostalgia Marketing thank you so much stay with Money FM 89.3 before acting on the information on Money FM please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives financial situation and risk tolerance to listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at audio.sg or download the audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O, audio at the App Store and Google Play.